Does anybody actually believe that Poochie Faust killed Biggie Smalls? Well, we're going to talk about that, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Richard Bond, and I am the producer and director of the Tupac Assassination movies. Over the last 12 years, I have learned a lot about Tupac, and I'd like to share with you what I know. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. This is R.J. Bond, What I Know. This is where we talk about things relating to Tupac and relating to Biggie Smalls and their worlds. Uh, I am the former director and producer of the Tupac Assassination series, including the last release, Battle for Compton. And there's a lot of things that we said in there and a lot of allegations that we made. And what we're finding, ladies and gentlemen, is that we are getting closer and closer to being correct on what we said based on what the FBI and their investigators uncovered during the Phil Carson era investigations. And that's exciting. Uh, we're pretty happy about it. But uh, as we round to the end of the year, it's the 30th of December today, uh, we found out that, uh, you know, it was kind of a quiet year in the world of Tupac and Biggie. Uh, 2018 pretty much soaked everybody. I mean, between 27, 2017, which All Eyes on Me came out and the Death Row Chronicles came out, uh, you know, Unsolved came out in 2018 and beat us over the head for several weeks with Greg Kading's ramblings. Um, and then we had um, the City of Lies. And City of Lies actually came out in 2018, even though you didn't start hearing about it until 2019. A lot of the controversy surrounding its release kind of made noise around that turn of the end of the year period it really wasn't a 2019 project so i think everybody was just kind of sick and tired of the whole tupac and biggie thing they'd beat it to death with several different documentary episodes on fox and and several different uh suge knight story i mean it was all out there but all of that happened in 2018 it just seems like 2019 went by just like that it was gone and uh you know that was that was something that i think we probably needed a rest on. I know I needed to charge my batteries a little bit. There was a lot of stuff that was going on. And you try to be Johnny on the bench and, and address these things as they come up. If somebody has a new theory or some new alleged fact has shown up, you know, you try to address it, you research it and all that. And so 2018 and even 2017 when Battle of Compton dropped, uh, you know, they were busy years. And so it was kind of nice to have a little bit of a break, you know, die down a little bit focus on some other things that needed to be focused on, but getting back into it again. And one of the things that we're going to get back into is this continuing uh, revelation of what Phil Carson with the FBI, you know, learned and what he knew. And that's based on interviews that have been done with him and the book uh, Dead Wrong by Randall Sullivan, who was a good friend and a, and a, uh, a friend of the show. And uh, again, we're going to have him on there. I just need to reach out to him after the first of the year, and we'll talk a little bit about dead wrong and we'll talk about some of that stuff but uh again we're um we're still kind of hunting and pecking on these things and something that's come up fairly recently uh is the revelation that uh well gee maybe the whole idea that poochie faust killed biggie is really stupid okay and i think i don't know i think exactly no one believes it but you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it anyway uh and phil carson kind of has the definitive word and like i said before Bill Carson has said flat out, I know who did it, and I can prove it. And if you don't believe me, here he is saying it. I know who did it. 
and I can prove the stuff, and I can prove the cover-up. It's just, I don't want to get, if I, there's, there's particular names, like, that, that were even from the, the other articles that have been written, and in talking with people, from a legality standpoint, they just said, you don't, don't bring the names up, people can put two and two together. So Phil Carson knows who did it, and I believe he probably does. Um, and he thinks he can prove it, too, which is even better. Must be with more than what we've seen, because what we've seen from the FBI files and the very convoluted and redacted FBI files that have been out there, he claims Don Sikorsky, the producer that was in on some of the Tupac and Biggie documentaries and is out actively shopping a documentary of his own right now, and I think he's the, the one he's got Phil Carson tied up in in what's called an option, uh, where Phil Carson agrees not to tell his story uh, in exchange for a payment of money, and that lasts for two or three years. It's usually an option can last up to 25 years, just depending on the deal that they struck. But Phil Carson being contractually obligated to Don Sikorsky to allegedly not uh, uh, participate in other interviews or talk to people about what he's learned or what he knows in his investigations. Uh, but he does say enough, and that's important for me because what he does come out and say is that no gangbangers were involved in the death of Biggie Smalls. And, you know, again, while this is certainly Phil Carson's perspective on it, you got to realize that Phil Carson was working for the FBI. So, and as much as the FBI had an opinion about the matter, that's the opinion the FBI had because that's the opinion that Phil Carson had. Now, let's go back to talking about the other popular theory out there, like I said, that is believed by exactly nobody. Uh, and that is that Wardell Pucci Faust a close associate of Suge Knight, now dead, uh, killed Biggie Smalls. Now, what's interesting about it is that uh, the information about Poochie Faust was first brought on the scene by Greg Kading, the uh, former LAPD detective who did the book Murder Rap and uh, has largely been you know, discredited on a lot of the things that he's done and has kind of a dicey reputation with the LAPD, allegedly. Um, he put out that theory, and it was alleged to be his investigation and what he learned in his investigation. Now, mind you, other than uh, a woman they named Tammy Hawkins, which was the alias that Kading used in his book for... Um, I think she used, Teresa Swan was the alias he used, but Tammy Hawkins was a friend of Reggie Wright's and Suge Knight's and somebody that was very involved with the two of them. Uh, Reggie Wright delivered Tammy Hawkins up to Greg Kading, and Tammy Hawkins told Greg Kading that Poochie Faust killed Biggie Smalls. Now, how does she know that? Well, she claims that she delivered money to them, and then Greg Kading used a forged uh, fake confession to try to lure Poochie Faust into admitting that he that he killed Biggie Smalls. Uh, you know, clearly no one's in jail. No one was arrested. Maybe he was killed before. I'm, I, I don't remember all the details of it. But at the end of the day, there was really no evidence that Poochie Faust killed Biggie Smalls. And I strongly doubt, and I'll go back and double check my facts, but I strongly doubt that Poochie Faust ever confessed to it. And check my math. If I'm wrong and he confessed to it, that would be kind of news breaking. And I'm sure we would have heard about it. But nevertheless... Uh, I think it was after he was dead that this came out. So we have another case like Orlando Anderson where you got the dead guy getting blamed for a murder by people that 
you know, are, are putting him up. And why are they putting him up? Well, they've got their own motives for putting him up. Why did Tammy Hawkins go to cooperate with Greg Kading? Did they have the information on her holding over her head? I think there's some story behind that. But at the end of the day, I mean, you know, we're talking about somebody that was in league with Suge Knight, was in league with Reggie Wright, definitely had ties there. They offered her up to rat out Wardell Pucci Faust. Now, so that's the that's the story. Now, unlike Greg Kading, who, you know, has a kind of spotty reputation in terms of getting the facts right and I can't tell you how many times he's gone back and actually had to recant. No, I wouldn't say recant. That he had to go back and walk back comments that he's made in the past and how many times he's conflicted with some of his earlier statements and then later statements that are in conflict with that. There have been more than a few. But in his particular quest to put out Poochie Faust, there was, another, there was no other evidence, no other evidence at all, other than what Tammy Hawkins said and what other they tried to dummy up to get a... Uh, uh, a confession or a, an admission that, that he was paid something like $10,000 to kill Biggie Smalls. Well, well, that's the problem, isn't it? Because if you don't have any other evidence besides what somebody is saying, it's kind of worthless on its surface. But that's how it works. That seemed to be enough for, uh, for Mr. Kading to know about. Okay, that's fine. So off he goes. Well, on the other side of the world, you got a detective by the name of Phil Carson, who is a superstar hotshot agent for the FBI who has a spotless track record out there with the FBI, and the only person that had anything bad to say about him was Chuck Phillips, and we'll get into that probably next week, talk about the relationship with disgraced writer, LA Times former writer, disgraced former writer Chuck Phillips, who, by the way, has literally disappeared off the scene. Nobody even knows how to get a hold of him. Uh, we had a couple of guys that were actually investigative reporters themselves looking for Chuck Phillips, went to his last known address where he owns a condo. It's either Marina del Rey or, or uh, Santa Monica and actually staked out the place looking to see if he'd come back. And all there was was a bunch of mail that had been shoved in the mail slot. And I guess it was, it was clear there was nobody that was living there. And from a public standpoint, this guy has disappeared off the map. I mean, he hasn't put out a blog post in a long time. Uh, you know, so if Chuck Phillips is out there, we certainly don't know where he is. And he certainly has done the disappearing act, uh, one that would make David Copperfield proud. But anyway, Chuck Phillips, the writer for the L.A. Times, had some nasty things to say about uh, our, our friend uh, and uh, FBI agent Phil Carson. Uh, but other than that, Phil Carson has not been negatively spoken of. In fact, he's gotten rave reviews and he's been pretty good about prosecuting other cases for the FBI. So... He had something completely different that he wanted to say about the Biggie Smalls case. And after we're done hearing what he has to say, then we can talk about it for a minute. So here's Phil Carson talking about the idea that gangbangers at all were involved in the Biggie Smalls killing. What people need to understand is, is whenever you have any type of high-profile event, whether it be um, an award ceremony like what was taking place there, whether it had to do with the Oscars, whether it has to do with a movie premiere, anything of those sorts. You not only have personal security for the talent, they have their own private security. You will have plainclothes security or, or people in suits that, that help out with the security. But then you're also going to have uh, uniformed police officers everywhere. For something as high profile, being at the Peterson Automotive Museum, that uh, I believe it was Quincy Jones that was putting on the event, and, and 
20 years ago. Quincy Jones was as big of a name as there was out there. Um, Sean Combs was as big of a name as anybody out there. Suge Knight was as big as any other name. Um, there is going to be a shitload of security. Private security for the talent, uh, police security that are wearing suits, and then you're going to have uniform uh, security, especially out on the streets to help deal with with all the talent and their, their cars and limousines and, and the paparazzi. I mean, I, I can't over-exaggerate how much security there's going to be. And the only way that you could, first of all, if Biggie was the intended target, and I know I'm kind of going back a little no, bit. No, that's, that's good because we need, we need okay. the background to understand. Biggie wasn't even supposed to come out originally. He was going to be heading out to London to do something. He came out like, a, I don't know, it was like three weeks or a month in advance. He comes out with little C's. He has no security. These guys are going to uh, parks to shoot hoops. They're hanging out with their homeboys. They go in and they sit in on some recording stuff that some of their friends in L.A. are doing. If somebody wanted to kill Biggie, Josh, they had a million opportunities to do it. You sure as hell are not going to wait for one of the biggest award ceremonies or, or, or popular events that is not only going to have a ton of talent, but should have had and did have a ton of security. If somebody wanted to kill Biggie, they would have killed him well before the night of the Peterson event. And so, for anybody to think that Biggie was the intended target, no, he wasn't. So, when this event goes on, there are, there's police officers in suits inside. Um, I wasn't there, but there had to have been a ton of police officers. Any event, and I know this just because even from some of the work that I do right now, or whenever the FBI would get called. Um, well, for example, my wife at the time, okay, she, she's, she's an FBI agent. Um, she had a bomb dog. She did all these events. So I would go to some of these events. There's police officers everywhere, Josh, in, in their uniforms, because what that does is just going to deter people. If you see a couple of police officers on a street corner, you're just going to back away and not do anything stupid. So they're everywhere in, in an event like this. And in order for them to be able to pull off killing Sean Combs, because again, Biggie wasn't the intended target, they had to get all those police officers away from that general area. You're talking right on Wilshire Boulevard. Huge event. Um, so to say that one person is, is going to be able to pull this thing off, uh, is, is you've got a better chance at winning the, uh, the billion-dollar lottery that just happened last month. It just you, you couldn't do it. So it had to be well-orchestrated. And when you look at how the police officers did the Palmeros case, the Mack robbery, the Rampart case, again, it's all those things that made me think, well, those same tactics... Um, and the same game planning, if you will, had to have taken place to pull off this murder. It, there's just there's no other way to do it. And the fact that there were no uniformed police officers there, and they they were able to orchestrate to where I think a fire alarm was pulled and a shot was fired to draw 
you know, any type of law enforcement away from where they knew Sean Combs' car was parked. They knew he was going to be coming out there. It just so happened that when his car took off and ran the red light, I guess they went to option two, and that was to shoot a Biggie's car. But it should have been Sean Combs, without question. So just in the setup of how of what went on at the Peterson, that right there tells you that not only could an individual not have pulled this thing off by himself, but it had to be very well orchestrated. Um, back then, you used police radios, you used Nextels, you've got, you've got lookouts, you've got cars everywhere. I mean, when you're trying to knock off, arguably, one of the biggest entertainment people in the entire world, which was Sean Combs at that time, um, that, that, that's a well-planned operation. So all these theories, and I, and I know there's some of these guys that, there's been so many documentaries and, and books and specials that keep saying like, oh, this, this, you know, this Crip gang did this, or this Blood gang did this, or this person was upset because they weren't paid the royalties. Throw all that out the window. It's, God bless those people for trying to make a dollar on, on a dead person in Biggie. It's all a bunch of bullshit. It just is. Because they don't, they don't know all this, this other stuff. Um, so that kind of gives you the kind of the lay of the land regarding where the actual uh, murder happened. Um, and trust me, if a gang member were to have been involved in this, these guys chatter like canaries. They're like little, you know, eight-year-old schoolgirls. It's a feather in their cap if they could have killed somebody like that. And these guys talk, that's why they all get caught, that's why all these, you know, anytime you read about some of these simple uh, drive-by shootings and stuff like that, 99% of them get solved, they get solved very quickly. Well, something like this, where you've got every police officer in LAPD or detective trying to follow down leads and, and doing whatever they can to try to solve it, people talk. And it, it just did not involve gang members, period. So we see that there's definitely a disparity between the two players. What uh, Phil Carson had to say, and of course what Greg Kading had to say, coming from two completely different standpoints. So who does Reggie Wright stand with? Well, here's what he had to say. That's the story I believe. Whatever the story is that Greg is pushing is what I believe. Well, Reggie Wright was running death row when Suge went to prison. Oh, he was in with those guys. I, well, I don't know who actually hired him, but when Suge, I mean, it was Suge's company, when Suge went in, in you know, to the clink, then, you know, Reggie's basically running the show. And Reggie's, Reggie's the cop, and he's got the, he's got the relationship with these guys and stuff. And plus, he's got his father, Reggie White Sr. Um, so, yeah, all those guys were involved. I don't know if he would be prosecuted, but does he have information regarding it all? Yes, he does. Mm -hmm. And so he does. He, put it this way, he... Is fully his name is synonymous with this case, mm -hmm. and and with with other cases that involve Suge Knight and Death Row Records, because again, that all intertwines with the Biggie case. Oh no! <laughs> well, well, look, guys, I didn't make it up. I didn't tell Phil Carson to say it. It's not even RJ saying it. It's what Phil Carson has to say. We put it out there because that's what Phil Carson had to say. I mean, there's a lot of people that Reggie's had on his show and other people that have had him on the show. And 
he feels free to bring up all kinds of people who have other things to say and even people who have things nasty to say about me. So we do that. So I leave it up to Phil Carson to say what he has to say. But it sounds like uh, maybe more than one person actually thinks that Reggie might be somehow connected to all of this. So, uh, you know, we'll just kind of have to wait and see and, and see what other evidence gets brought up. But uh, one thing's for sure, there's not a single voice in the choir, is there? We had Los Angeles police officers working within the organization, Compton police officers working with inside the organization. That is where it failed. People had badges, people had careers, and I think the ball was dropped right there. Them badges stopped us from getting to the truth. Hey, everybody, Merry Christmas to you. This is Ken Bowie. Uh, unfortunately, I can't be, be with you guys. They still got me behind these bars, but things are going well. Uh, I'm going to get with Richard next week. RJ, and we're going to uh, talk about this uh, notorious B.I.G. thing and, and, and get some answers out there. And, you know, answer yeah. some questions. If you guys have some questions, I'm answer a few questions, uh, uh, things to my knowledge. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to answer two questions fully. Uh, but we'll get with it next week, and I uh, hope everybody tunes in. But what I mean, he, he had his own issues too. Um, but again, that's where we would have to do our job of, you know, to corroborate basically some of the stuff. And that, that kind of goes back into the Rampart case. It stood up, but not on its own. It would take other people to kind of substantiate or corroborate what he also said. But what he talked about was believable. Couldn't picture a nigga rolling. They wanted him gone. Send 12 shots into us. We're not in his heavenly home. 
they ask me if I wanna be shot Or do I want my heart to stop I'm like, man, I'd rather get popped I wanna go out in the blaze of glory Had the whole world from Larry King to the hood researching my story They ask me if I wanna be shot Or do I want my heart to stop I'm like, man, I'd rather get popped I wanna go out in the blaze of glory Had the whole world from Larry King to the hood researching my story the game is P-A-C and it'll never be the same, that's on me I remember the night I'm 10 years old, watching the news As a tear starts to fall, it's like I'm feeling the blues What I'm hearing and I'm seeing, no, this can't be true Tupac Shakur died, yeah, that's what they said September 13th, the day that they pronounced him dead Then they said, no, man, he faking his death It's just a conspiracy, just to put the talk in the rep He's Machiavelli, seven years, you see him live in the flesh But he's the best, now why you wanna take him away? Because he wanna do his own yeah, you want him to stay Today I wonder if I'ma make it To see another day So as I lay my head at night Before I sleep to God I pray Let my life to the fullest Try to pave the next way And if I gotta choose Then I'ma go the same way They ask me if I wanna get shot Or do I want my heart to stop I'm like man I'd rather get popped I wanna go out in the blaze of glory Had a whole world from Larry King To the hood researching my story They ask me if I wanna get shot Or do I want my heart to stop I'm like man I'd rather get popped I wanna go out in the blaze of glory had a whole world from Larry King to the hood researching my story. Man, you gotta love that stuff. That is, They Ask Me by Young Billionaires. And you know where that came from? That came from the Tupac Assassination soundtrack. Yeah, believe it or not, in 2007, when we were with Icon Music, we actually wanted to do a soundtrack. And we did do a soundtrack. And the people that we had on the soundtrack were a who's who of hip-hop. We had Moprim, Macadocious, Warren G, Static, Bishop Lamont, Mike Anthony, Tajay, Block Boys, a, mo, I mean, name it, Glasses Malone. We had Glasses Malone, okay? Money B, Money B. Mike Stroke, Chevy Jones, and this group, Young Billionaires. We had a lot of great, great artists on that. Uh, the soundtrack is actually out of print, which means that, uh, I mean, you might be able to pick it up on eBay and if you email me at rjbondwhatiknow at outlook.com, I can sling you one of those tracks. There's 13 of them. Uh, you know, yeah, we uh, got the rights to it when we settled with our distributor on that. So, uh, you know, we'll put it out there. They're bopping around. Occasionally, you might be able to hear them on YouTube. But uh, it's a great soundtrack. You can't, uh, you can't miss it. Uh, we never did another one after that, uh, although we could have. And uh, that's a whole nother story altogether. So anyway, guys, this is a short one because it's a holiday and it's my birthday. So I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm going to go party. So be good. And until next week, that's what I know. What I know, Martin Productions production, copyright 2019. We'll see you next week.